Welcome to the search for real answers in a modern world, where challenging topics are met with honest and thoughtful dialogue. This is Truth Seekers Forum. Welcome back to Truth Seekers Forum, and my name is Devin Kleffer, and joining me in the studio this evening, as always, Dr. Adam Nye and Pastor Andy Lewis. Welcome, gentlemen. It's good to be here, and I have to say that I don't know what's going on with your voice, but it's particularly FM radio tonight. Well, thank you. <laughs> we'll be taking your calls live. On the yeah. Air. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey, so we've got some questions from folks that have uh, written in over the past couple weeks, and we're just going to take one this evening, and this is going to come from Jane, and this is what Jane writes in. Jane says, I don't want to get into who should and who should not be president of the United States, but I do wonder how to look at the immediate future of our nation. Right now, it really feels like a divided nation that skews right on one side and left on the other, and followers of Jesus are in both camps. I guess my question is this. What does the Bible say about my anxiety over this division, and how can I be a part of uniting rather than dividing? Well, I think the first thing I would say is thank you, Jane, for not – we're trying to sort this out as opposed mm-hmm. to being mm-hmm. incendiary, which it seems like everybody's kind of moving towards the baser human instincts yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the first thing to say. That's That's really good. To, to ask that question from from that standpoint um, yeah it's it's interesting times you know it's interesting times where um, before we kind of get into answering it to think through how dialogue now has devolved into um, these things called tweeting and trolling mm-hmm. and and all these things as opposed to without these social mediums um, People formerly, regardless of whatever the content of the conversation is, I think part of what we have to think critically about unifying is how do we navigate social media Mm. and use it and and understand the difference between um, how we can, with our words, kind of pull the pin on a grenade and throw it and then walk away Mm. as opposed to actually having live interactions with people. Right. Um, So... And I think that actually has something to do with the question of like, how can I be a uniter rather than a divider? It's like, I think one way right now through the democratization of how we can communicate with one another internationally right. using social media. Well, that's one way is to try to be, think critically about, first of all, what you're, what you're downloading from social media and then even what you're weighing into so that what you're weighing into is... Christ-like in the sense of, you know, Christ talks about we need to be people who build up and we don't tear down and destroy with our words. And that was before social media was invented. So yeah. that's kind of my first salvo into that. Yeah, and, and it's a good one and probably wiser than a lot of the contribution I will be <laughs> likely to make. Because uh, maybe the first thing I hear in that question is um, – Something I, I I I think I whether it's fortunate or unfortunate that I see in Scripture is uh, it might not always be our place to to unite. Um, I'm just speaking in particular, thinking through. There comes a time to take a stand. Yeah, right, right. Sure. And and like sure. incendiary rhetoric is not something that uh, biblical authors or even Jesus are. Uh, 
totally afraid to use. Jesus, mm-hmm. he calls out some politicians and he does it right. with some incendiary rhetoric. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's yeah. something us to wade into. Like what's the difference between peop- so much of the incendiary that's trolling mm-hmm. and what we would, I guess, maybe define around this table as irresponsible? And what was the di- – and what – how would we navigate for this person who's asking this question? How did the prophets speak? Mm-hmm. Um, how did Jesus speak? Um, in 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 ways that you're talking about, Adam, that were incendiary, and yet there was a it it, it wasn't it, it divisive. I don't know what the right word was. I mean, you know, well, so let's kind of navigate stupid. that. That's maybe okay, one, stupid one starting point is yeah, just yeah. to say that they weren't. Yeah. Um, I will say they. One thing I think you can say about the way biblical authors, the prophets, uh, the apostles, New Testament, Christ differentiate themselves from our political mess is that they do tend to, I think as a rule, avoid um, avoid dumb polarizations. I'm trying to find a better word than that. But, you know, when you oftentimes they find themselves in politically divided um, situations, Pharisees and Sadducees, we tend to see as both on one side in their anti-Jesusness. Mm-hmm. But really those are like opposing There's forces politically. Right. And um, we we see a resistance to uh, of Christ and his apostles of uniting their own cause to either side of that polarity. Mm-hmm. They're able to, but also not just being indifferent to it. They uh, they can speak. There, there's I would say more places that Christ and his apostles are united with the Pharisees than they are with the Sadducees, and they speak up on those issues when they are yeah. without worry that that oh now you're just a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, there's this kind of. Um, the, the the need to clarify your position mm-hmm. without just jumping into, well, if I line up on these few issues, I just have to join the Pharisee party. Right. So I guess I'm just going to be a loyal Pharisee since they stand for what I stand for on these like few issues. Right. They avoid that. And, and right. I think they should teach us to avoid that. So you sort of our current language is um, to speak in terms of the party of the Pharisee and just kind of. Hold that rhetoric because I'm of a party of the Pharisees and ignore all their faults, right. and and and, yeah. and only sort of see the faults in the Sadducees because right. I'm I'm a Pharisee. Right, that do that on both sides drives a lot of that division. I think you know. I, so to, to to speak to Jane's question, I think that yes, Adam is absolutely right, and this is where we have to be really thoughtful and prayerful and careful. It's like, is there a time to be an MLK Junior to mm-hmm. rise up against an injustice that the kingdom speaks to? Right. And you're going to be incendiary. Um, although it's interesting that those th- there is one thing that stands out to me: the incendiary figures that we're talking about were people who were willing to um, soak up within themselves the violence that would be perpetrated against them. Mm-hmm. Prophets the same, Christ right, the same, right. MLK Jr. the same. Um, and I don't see that in some of the rhetoric that's going on right now. It's like all defensive and. Trying to rise up, uh, and you know the more fight or flight kind of thing. Uh, so I, I think I think there will be a time a time to speak, but I, I think right now we don't know how do we speak in such a way like the prophets in this time because it's just so battering back and forth. And where's this nation going? But I do think the one thing I do want to mention is it was a question of anxiety, mm-hmm. right? And I think that we definitely can really wade into because. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is Jesus Christ, and 
believe me, I understand the nervousness of mm. – we look right now, there's the, – you know, you kind of go, are we are we wading into some potential constitutional crises, mm. you know, that are going to happen because of interesting personalities and um, – but at the end of the day – whether the Korean North Koreans can fire an ICBM missile uh, into California, which is kind of in the news right now, you know, uh, Jesus Christ is the one who's in charge, hmm. you know, and it's funny because I, I was just thinking about this today. I heard a story during Jimmy Carter's presidency that we almost launched the missiles because of a glitch mm -hmm. in the computers and the computers were actually running a um I think that's where there was an 80s movie called War Games and it was based <laughs> yeah. on this Matthew that happened Broderick. yeah Matthew Broderick right mm -hmm. but it was based on this little unknown story that in those days there the computers who ran you know the nuclear warhead silos and stuff like that were running through a um a what if scenario but they couldn't tell if it was running a what if scenario if it was a real scenario mm -hmm. and they almost like fired back. Wow. And he didn't. Thank God there were enough minds involved. Well, all that to say, the Lord's ultimately in charge. Yeah. You know, and the Bible's very, very clear about this, is that he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the one who can says in passages, you know, God's the one who moves the heart of a king. So political leaders. And what I, what I find interesting about that too, when the Lord himself calls us to put our, our trust, our sense of peace, our, you know, Sabbath, that sort of restful peace the Bible calls mm -hmm. us to, when he calls us to that in him, he doesn't do what I think we would expect him to do, which is don't worry. If you believe in me, then there won't be wars. He'll or if there are wars, be comfortable. yeah, right. you'll just yeah. somehow escape from them. Right. Jesus, um, particularly in his Sermon on the Mount of Olives, lays out what's coming sort of in, in the future history for his followers. He's like, oh, don't worry. It's going to get very, very bad. And it'll stay bad for a very, very long time. Yeah. And But at the same time, he's not. it's not a sermon calling them to worry. It's the exact opposite. He's saying, yeah. no, you know, you trust in me. Trust that I'm, I'm the Lord of history. Um, but do so in the midst of recognizing that there will be wars and rumors of wars. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these kingdoms arise. Kings, kingdoms will fall. But I will be the king. Um, yeah, it always it that totally reminds me of. I love how Jesus is so straightforward, and he says to his disciples, he doesn't come out and say, "Take take heart, I've overcome the world." He actually says, um, "I I have um, in this world you will have trouble, right? But take heart, I right. have overcome the world." And I and I love the fact that he's so straight and honest about the brokenness um, of this world, and I think that's important. Um, in this, I think if I can lay out one other just sort of pastoral thought um, for anybody who's listening and Jane who asked the question, anytime you feel anxiety over what you're reading in the news and what you're seeing on social media, banter back and forth, anytime you feel yourself well up with anger about a, an opposing view that you don't hold or whatever, to me, that's a great signal to drive yourself into prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that we become people in this time, particularly right now, that we drive the emotional energy not into a firing back on social media or twizzling in our hearts with anxiety. It's like turn that anxiety into a prayer for President Donald Trump and for his executive team and a prayer for um, – you know, the nations and, and that kind of thing, because we waste a lot of our time doing something that really is not going to do us any good. Right, but the right. power we do have, God has, we're not in, we're not in power. He's in power, but we do have, we do have the freedom to speak to him. And I think that's an important sort of pastoral comment about that's, that's left to us to do. Amen.
Let me wade just a, a little bit further down the path on on that note. And I, one of the things that I'm reading out of this is there's hypersensitivity yeah. right now with everybody. Everybody is hyper defensive about everything and almost just emotions are so raw. Everyone's just kind of looking to pick a fight. It's like going into a bar, looking for a fight, and then maybe having a drink. Right. Right. <laughs> so with that in mind, by – you know, not engaging, especially in online, you know, social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, by not engaging in that, are we in any way not somehow defending our faith if we believe strongly in one side or the other, but just to not be engaged in that online back and forth? Again, I I would weigh back into the prayerfulness of this Mm -hmm. and maybe tying that question in with prayerfulness and Adam's comment about there may come a time to say something, Mm -hmm. right? I think it's always ever better. I'm sorry I'm an old timer here. I'm 52 now. But I think the best form of communication is the visceral, physical, face-to-face, period, no matter what. Social media is a kind of a lame version of communication. But if we were to weigh in, it's like don't fire off a missive because that's that's what's happening a lot. It isn't thoughtful. You know, pray about should I say something? Yes, no, Lord. If I do, how would I say this and be thoughtful about it? And maybe like in the old days when people would write letters, Abraham Lincoln was profoundly good at writing letters that he never sent. Mm-hmm. He'd leave them in his drawer. You know, have other people – and he was an incredible communicator. Right. Like, uh, duh. Maybe have other people read it first before right. you just fire off what? It, how many figures is it in Twitter? Like 26 <laughs> or whatever? 140 characters. 140 characters. Yep. Yeah, you know. So that would be my take. I don't know what you would say to that, Adam. Yeah, I, I would um – I agree that we don't, you know, just head to to Facebook and flame. Um, there's a lot of, you know, unfriending. That's people are talking about that a lot. <laughs> people are getting unfriended over their, um, you know, <laughs> over their political comments and stuff. I will say, that several of my friends lately have just sort of been unfriending Facebook, um, taking it off their phones in particular. Mm-hmm, right. Which I, that's a trend I think is probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah. especially because it's it's. <laughs> It's this thing you don't hear a lot about very much anymore. It's 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 moderate. That's a moderate response. Yeah, they're not totally just dis- you know ditching yeah. Facebook. They're like, you know what? Maybe I should just be on it less. Right. And getting it off my phone means I have to be intentional. Get on my computer. I'm like, okay, I think that's that's wise, especially if you just find this controlling your emotions. But beyond yeah. the psychological and pastoral stuff, which I just I'm not uh, an expert on those kinds of things. Um, but more on sort of like how do Christians politically. Engage and is Facebook at all, or is Twitter at all valuable for that? I remain convinced that it can be. Is as silly as it is to give everybody a bullhorn and let them yell whatever they want all the time. <laughs> of course, there's a lot of chaos that comes out uh, comes um, from that. And I see a lot of people out there just saying, hey, can't you just sort of post pictures of your puppy and your kids? Because that's what I want on Facebook. food you're eating at the restaurant. Yeah, a lot of that. I will just admit a lot of that kind of – that worries me just as much that the only two alternatives we can imagine are absolute flame chaos where everybody just screams their most ludicrous political opinion or we just do not have political discourse at all. I Mm -hmm. – for me, I'm like, yeah, when I go on Facebook, I know I'm going to see some things that are dumb and some things that might try get my back up if I'm not careful. But I'm also going to see some other things that I 
I will just say myself, I've been positively challenged many times yeah. on Facebook. I've had my mind changed mm-hmm. by articles I've seen uh, posted on Facebook. So to me, it's just it's that space to to go there and, and maybe participate um, and just sort of withdraw when I need to rather than unfriend all the friends yeah. over what they said, maybe just sort of – Social, Take a breather and back out. And, and social media is not a one size fits all. I mean, there's right. somebody like yourself who can go in with some sense of clarity about, you know, what you're reading and how you can think through it thoughtfully. Sure. And some people just can't, and some people just kind of need to, like your friends have said, is to unfriend. You need to know know yourself a little yeah. bit. Like maybe in this time, it's good to just not be reading too many papers and, you know. Cool right. your jets a little bit and just read your word a little bit more and focus on the main things of the sovereignty of God in this time. And that might be a good thing for Jane who asked the question. It's like, right. Make sure your priority of how you think through all this stuff are the these prior realities of the sovereignty of God over all the tumult. Yeah. Yeah. But last thing I'll say that's just sort of been gnawing in my head and I forgot to say it a minute ago is just that in, in probably not on social media, but in some – exercise of their of their public platforms i do think pastors have to say something um and it and how they say it what they say mm-hmm. you know uh is, is up to them but there has been um well and this this was brought home to me i read a book called kingdom ethics by glenn stassen who talks about how evangelicalism has sort of bought this idea that Jesus, because he cared about saving souls, didn't care about politics. And so when it reads the gospel, it just mutes all the obviously political things that Jesus and his followers say. And so we've come to an ability where the church doesn't know how to say anything political because it's convinced its gospel is totally non-political. And so he you know, makes the case for how, how unbiblical that is. And then, you know, calling along the idea that like in the church's proclamation of the gospel, it just is obligated to make clear the parts, uh, the political claims that the, the gospel demands. And so I think that that comes with a pastor's job. And that's something that I, there are lots of pastors in my life, one sitting to my left right now, who I, who I do think do a, uh, a good job of that, who don't just talk about a gospel of our souls escaping this earth to some other place, but how following Jesus actually makes some concrete demands on how we live in this world, at the social, familial, yeah. political level, and but I still would love to see more pastors I know be willing to. Th- there's there's just a nervousness because mm-hmm. of the division, because they know right. saying certain right. things will cause division. There's a paralysis. Like I just can't say things yeah. that are going to be political, and I think they got to kind of. Uh, but I, uh, thank you. Step up. Uh, on by that. the way, yeah. but I would say you know this great quote that I think is credited to. Um, Blaise Pascal, who who made the definition, he said that um, politics is the art of m- preserving and maintaining power, whereas governance is the art of, art of actually leading a people, you know, for their benefit. And so to the degree that you mm-hmm. said, like, pastors and other people, I think, may well have to increasingly speak up. We got to just be at least be careful we're not speaking up towards preferences politically that we have. But speaking up towards the issues of governance where the gospel is going to challenge both sides of the aisle um, and make sure that we're equal opportunity prophetic. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I and, like that. and on that note too, yeah. I, I believe we can, at least at this table, all agree that there are, are perfectly 
God-loving, God-fearing people on both sides Absolutely. of the yeah. political spectrum yeah. and everywhere in between. Yeah. In terms of like the are you left or are you right? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. On should we love refugees? On those on, on well, things like right, that, I'm like, right. no, <laughs> there's not two valid sides of yeah. certain questions. Right. <laughs> but, but see, that's where to me, just to make a connection yeah. for the listeners, that's what I'm talking about, about the art yeah. of governance. If it's talking about the issues of of where we as believers speak to the kingdom of God issues about God's heart for the oppressed that goes all the way back into the Old Testament and refugees. Right. And oh, by the way, Jesus was a refugee in Egypt himself <laughs> um, to speak towards you know, those issues that will equally challenge, frankly, when you really get into a substantive conversation totally. about it, both right. sides of the aisles and the way they're looking at it and taking pot shots at each other based on politics rather than actual governance. Right. That's the stuff we have to be shrewd and thoughtful about. Right. But, I, but I love your prophetic voice in this because it, it, it's important because we don't want to also sh- – I, I like how you came after me in a good way by it's like it's not just about unity for the sake of not saying anything. That yeah. led to the German church mm-hmm. c- capitulating to to Hitler in Nazi Germany. Right, right. And only a few voices like Dietrich Bonhoeffer actually spoke up. Right. It's just saying you, we have to walk carefully and, and be prayerful. So. But you're, you're also right just to say – I mean – Prophetic speech is only prophetic if it's if it's enacted as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, something I read just on Facebook yesterday that really, uh, really spoke to me well, which was just saying, "Hey, if you make a post about the refugees, please." Back that up. Every time you you post something on yeah. Facebook, send a check yeah. to yeah. to a refugee relief organization. Mm. Or and, and the person who wrote it saying, actually, I've just like I'm I'm going to the Middle East. I've just signed up. Like this has really been on my mind. We have to stop just talking. Stop making the post. Like you said, it's kind of these lame. Just sort of throw it out there and think I've done something good. No, it has to be backed up by a willingness to. To, to serve and actually care about the results, not just take a side politically. Yeah, beyond yeah. the hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> live beyond the hashtag. Slacktivism. Yeah. Hashtag live beyond the hashtag. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Well, hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Truth Seekers Forum from Faith Community Church in Santa Cruz. You can join us live each Sunday at 9 a.m. for our weekly worship service. Located at 115 South Morrissey Avenue in Santa Cruz, California. And for more information about upcoming events and activities, be sure to visit us online at santacruzfaith.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash santacruzfaith.